going to be slightly different from a normal talk in this slot. Uh, we have an interview with a friend of ours, Scott McNamara, who's come over from Northern Ireland, Coleraine. Thrilled to have you with us. Thank you, Debbie. Scott spent some time with a bunch of us, a couple of groups of us over the course of the weekend, helping us with a tool that he's created, which really helps to start conversations and lead into a conversation that very meaningfully talks about Jesus, and then potentially, even if the person is ready and would like to, ready to make a commitment to Jesus, to actually lead them in that in a prayer. Uh, we also have Ben Hylett, who is here and has been for, for a few years leading teams that have gone out from here into the city center, uh, beginning conversations again about Jesus, praying for healing, and so on. So we're going to hear from both these guys, and I hope it'll be interesting to you wherever you're at in terms of your personal journey of faith. For some of you, you may have been believers for decades, and you may be really, really comfortable uh, in conversations, starting conversations with people you don't know, or uh, with people at work or whatever. You're just a natural communicator, and you know you talk about Jesus a lot. Maybe you've been a Christian for decades, and you really don't very much. In fact, starting a conversation with someone you don't know is, uh, just fills you with fear. And so you tend to shut up. Now, I'd be pretty much in that camp. I don't naturally talk to strangers, and I certainly don't naturally get onto the subject of Jesus unless it sort of comes up. So, you know, I really was keen to be there this weekend to get this training, and I'm so glad I did. It may be that you are still on a journey of exploring faith, so for you, this is all going to be interesting, I hope. Uh, but, uh, it's, you know, you're not ready to share your faith because you're not yet a person of faith. And there'll be others of you, you may be here actually for the first time tonight because one of us invited you to come today because we met you in the streets of Nottingham over the course of the weekend. And if that's you, we're absolutely thrilled that you've made it here tonight. So I hope that wherever you are in your journey of faith, that you will be encouraged by what you hear. Now, let me begin with you, Scott. Tell us a little bit about, um, well, a little bit about your own personal story and how you've come to this point. Yeah, good evening, everybody. It's uh, lovely to be here with you. Uh, I came to know Jesus when I was 24 years of age, a long, long time ago. Um, and, you know, before then, I was caught up in the grip of addiction. Uh, you know, I was a heavy cocaine addict, uh, uh, alcoholic. Just uh, To be honest, I was just doing what everybody else was doing uh, in Liverpool where, where I was growing up. Um, I, I was just, you know, I was knocking around. My best friend was a, was a gangster. I, I was in the company of notorious gangsters, uh, you know, that kind of lifestyle. That wasn't who I was, but I was mixing in those circles. Um, and I began to sort of dabble, you know, heavily uh, in, in drugs and things like that. And I came to a position where uh, me and my best friend, I knew a gangster who gave me 500 pounds of pure cocaine, and I took it. I woke up my friend who had a, uh, I was sharing a flat with, and I asked him to take it with me, and we, had the, we turned it into a party, and, and he ended up overdosing. He like uh, fitted, foamed at the mouth, eyes rolled to the back of his head, and uh, he was taken off in an ambulance, and I stood in the street and began to convulse, uh, and I seen a doorway to hell, and I knew I was getting closer to this door, and I knew I would go to hell. Um, I wasn't that bad a person. I was only doing what everybody else was doing. I wasn't hurting anybody. I was just hurting myself. But I knew in that moment that, you know, eternity was real. And I cried out to God. I said, God, please keep me alive, and I'll turn to you and keep my friend alive. 
Um, the Lord got me through it. It was the longest night of my life. My friend was discharged the next morning. He got through it. He's actually, he got saved six months after me, and now he's a church planter. Uh, he's planted his third church. Uh, so it's incredible what God has done. But that's the kind of backdrop that I came to Jesus from. So this tool that you've been helping us understand this week, Jesus at the door, uh, you're doing that all the time, right, at the moment. So tell us about the journey that led towards that. Yeah, so I was employed in um, February 2014. Uh, my pastor, uh, Alan Scott, a great visionary, he employed me to, uh, to be an evangelist. And I didn't really feel that, you know, I had the credentials to do that. Uh, but he believed in me, and, and so I took the step of faith, and, um, and the Holy Spirit began to do something wonderful in that time. Uh, and, and, you know, two, February 2014, we began to see a move of God in our community, um, and we've seen up to date, like, over, well, over 6,000 people have responded on the street uh, to Jesus. <clears throat> it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing, but in my position, I, when I came on staff, I, I felt out of my depth in terms of the remit that, that Alan had set, you know, it wasn't like uh, exact, but he said, let's dream for one soul a day. That was, that was the goal. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's, you know, that's, that's heavy. That's big, you know. Uh, so I was on a six-month trial uh, fruit-dependent uh, position. So I was a little bit nervous, as you can imagine. But, you know, I went out there and I just said, God, look, I can't do it, but, but I know you can. I, I'm going to trust you. So when I went out, the Holy Spirit, he had to take all the pressure off me because for anyone sharing the gospel, the, the number one disabler is pressure. Because the thing is, if you can be you to people out there, then, then it's going to work. But whenever you stop being you, something's going to go wrong. So I needed to remove pressure because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the power of God. Uh, so what happened? The Holy Spirit said, Scott, look around this town. Imagine everybody here like apples on a tree. You share and I'll shake. You share, I'll shake. And all I had to do was catch and, 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 you know, the Lord taught me to John chapter 6, verse 44, where Jesus says, nobody can come to me except the Father draws them. And the way the Father draws them is through the Holy Spirit, and he shakes their life. Some apples are ready to fall, some, don't, some will move a little, and some won't move at all. And our role is to catch. And, you know, as John Wimber said, everybody gets to play because everybody can catch. And I began to, to catch him. Yes, yeah, so uh, sorry, um, Alan hired you because he spotted in you some presumably a passion to talk about Jesus with people, which came out of your own past experience. And then you created this tool. Tell us about how that came about yeah. and just b briefly what it is. Yeah, it wasn't something I sat there and, and kind of thought of. It was literally, a, I was in a position of, Lord, you've got to help me because I was having visions of ending up in the doll queue and, uh, and all these things, you know. So I was really panicking. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit, you, you know, this is the best way to describe it. It's like we, we can sit in church and... Uh, and in conferences and we can say God give us more power and we'll go but he says you go and I'll give you more power so when it's only when in the going that he gives you what you need so I didn't have this when I sat in the house but when I went and I stopped a stranger the Holy Spirit would 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 give me a, a line at a time that, that I could say and I would write down those lines and that's what this tool is made up of it's made up of lines uh, little nuggets of truth that the Holy Spirit gave me in the moment so it's a little card that you gave us, this little card, we probably can bring it up on the screen. And uh, it's a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, the handle's on the inside, and he's asking, will you open it? Just yeah. tell us a little bit about that. And then on the back, it's got a bunch of helpful yeah. tips to help lead us through. It was, it was an image um, 
but when, when I began to, to step out in this tool, I didn't have an image. I just copied one off the internet. Um, and, you know, I wanted my own image because that way I could reproduce it by giving it away. Um, and I contacted uh, Charlie Mackesy, um, who's, you know, an acclaimed artist and part of Alpha. And, um, and after praying, initially he said, I can't do it, I'm too busy. And I just sort of prayed him in. Uh, and then eventually he said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, so that's what happened, you know. And, and Charlie just kindly said, look, I don't want any money for it, I'm just going to do it and bless you. Uh, and he did this uh, beautiful uh, illustration of Jesus at the door that now is being used, all, you know, all around the world, really. We've had it translated into Hungarian, Polish, uh, Swiss, German. You know, it's amazing uh, the, the places it's getting used in South Africa, uh, America. So it's just incredible to see what God has done with it in such a short time. Yeah. Ben, you've been taking teams out for quite a while, talking to people about Jesus in the streets of Nottingham. How does this tool fit in with what you've been doing? I think it, it fits in really well. It's been such a great sort of encouragement, really, to have Scott come over and, and train a bunch of us. I think there was about 70 of us at the training and then a bunch of us out on the streets. And for years now, we've been using a couple of other models as well that have come over from Causeway Coast Vineyard. So they've really been sort of trailblazing in this whole area. So we've got the Healing on the Streets model, where a, a team of us put up a, a massive sign with the word healing written on it in the middle of Market Square once a month. And then we just gently invite people to come and receive prayer. And we've seen God do amazing things over the last 10 years with that one. Then there's an, another one um, more recently that some of you might have heard of called the Miracle Questions. And there's three questions in that one. Um, first question, excuse me, can I ask you a question? That's an easy one. Um, number two, if, um, what would be the greatest miracle God could ever do for you? And then there's often an opportunity to, to pray for that thing with someone. And then the last question, what do you think would be the greatest miracle God could ever do for you would be? And there's often an op opportunity to, to share something of, of Jesus in that moment too. Um, so, and, and then more recently, well, more recently this weekend, we've, we've learned this new one, Jesus at the Door, which, is, which, which has been awesome. And I think for me, they just uh, are all like um, arrows in a quiver, really. They're, they're different ways that, that we can be helped just to, sh just to share Jesus, either out on the streets or in our workplaces or with our friends. And um, yeah, for me, it's just a, a joy to have all these different resources um, to support us doing that. I'm very excited about this one, which I've been more involved with than the others. And uh, 32 people opened their hearts to Jesus over the course of the last two days, which is just tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. And so this little card has on the back, you begin with, you know, have you seen this picture before? And do you pray? It's a great opener. Uh, I mean, I, in some of the conversations I had, you just straight in, you know, they may say, I prayed once, but uh, I'm never doing it again. My child died in my arms. He didn't answer my prayer. And you're like, okay, we've just reached a level with a person. And that conversation may, you know, take a direction from there. But it's really helpful when you're a beginner, as I am, to know that, you know, what the next thing is on the back. But perhaps you could model it. Would you mind doing that with Ben? And just show us what sort of, how, how a, conversa a conversation, sorry, might flow yeah. as you uh, use this tool. Yeah, definitely. It's just, just to say it's, you know, it's broken into like nine simple questions, three easy sections that you can follow. Um, you know, the idea behind it is to, it's kind of the difference between sowing and reaping. So I think, you know, we do a lot in the kingdom where we sow. Um, 
uh, but we get to a point a lot of the time where we sow so much that we kind of, we, we don't see anything happen and we get disheartened. And we maybe think we don't have the gift and things like that. But it's just that we're not reaping where we should be. So this tool is, is to help you reap. It's to help you get to the, the place where you say, well, okay, we've shared, but would you like Jesus now? Uh, and that kind of what makes it a little difference. And I just will say, we'll do the role play. But just to say, if somebody was like an atheist or if somebody was giving you a hard time, I wouldn't debate with them. I wouldn't really go into that. I'd just say, look, no problem. God bless you. Have a great day. Because I'm looking for the apples that are ready to fall, you know? Yes. Just to, are you ready for it? It's going to be real difficult. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, sir. Whoa, what's up? Yeah, hello. <laughs> oh, what's up? Could I ask you a quick question? Go for it. Have you ever seen that picture before, and do you ever pray? I've never seen that picture before. Yeah, I've, I've said the old prayer, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. As you can see here, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. The handle's on the inside, so only you can let him in. Now, lots of people pray. I'm sure you'd agree with that in times of trouble. Praying is like talking through the door. You know he's there somewhere, but you don't know him personally. Okay. Now, if you visualize a rucksack on your back, if we filled it with all your sins, would that be a heavy bag? I'd need two rucksacks. Yeah, very heavy. Like everybody, yeah? We've all done a few things. Okay. That's your debt with God. It stops you having a relationship with him, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want your religion. Now, answer me this question. Who do you bank with? Nationwide. If you owed them 10,000 pounds and I gave you a 10 grand check and you went and cashed it tomorrow morning, what would happen to your debt? It would be, it would be cleared. How would you feel about that? You'd be my new best friend. Exactly. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> See, that'd be good news, yeah, okay. And that's what Jesus did for you on the cross. He wrote you a check in his blood to cancel your debt. Now, if Jesus was here right now, if that was Jesus, mm -hmm. I, know you, I know you say he's, he's close to it. <laughs> if that was Jesus and he said, I'm knocking on the door, will you give me your heart? What would you say to him? Yeah, I'd, I'd let him in, yes. Okay. So if you observe the wind, how mm -hmm. do you know the wind is real? Can you see it? You can feel it. You feel it, yeah. And Jesus is like the wind. We feel his presence. So I'd like to pray for you right now to feel that presence. Could I do that for you? Sure. Yeah. Could it's I not going to be weird, is it? It's not weird. Okay. No. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Sure. Yeah, okay. What's your name? Ben. Ben. So Father, I just pray for Ben in Jesus' name. I ask your Holy Spirit to touch his heart right now. I pray that you would change the atmosphere in this place right now. I pray that this young man would feel the touch of your love and he would know that you know him by name and you know every hair on his head. So just bless him. Let him feel your presence. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus, I pray, in this moment. We bless Ben in Jesus' name. Now Ben, tell me, how did you feel there? You said it wasn't going to be weird, but it was weird. Was it weird? <laughs> it was like a... Was some, that a good some, weird? Yeah, good, like a good weird, okay. yeah. yeah. How, how, how would you describe that feeling? Like, I don't know, peaceful. Okay, okay. Now, Jesus was called the Prince of Peace, wasn't he? And, and what you felt there is just his presence, you know? Uh, would you, would, from that feeling, would you believe that he's here? Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. think I would, yeah. So yeah. there's only one condition that, you, that what you have to do is this, and it's a really important thing. If you're going this way in, in your road of life, and you're getting further away from Jesus, he says, turn around, come and follow me. Like sheep and a shepherd, he wants you to follow him. Uh, would you be prepared to do that? I'd give it a start, yeah. I'd, okay. go, I'd go for that, yeah. Okay, okay. So the Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you'll be saved. So I'm gonna pr I'd like to pray for you to open that door and let him in. Would you sure. like to do that? Okay. okay. So uh, you just repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I open the door of my heart. I open the door of my heart. I say sorry for my sin. I say sorry for my sin. I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you and make you Lord of my life and make you Lord of my life. Fill me, 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome to the family. Amen. Now, Ben was like your ideal candidate there. Yeah. He was an apple ready to drop. The whole thing flowed beautifully. Uh, it doesn't always happen that way, does it? So, yeah, my experience is yesterday, some of them, I didn't actually get to the end of actually leading anyone to Christ yesterday, but I had some very interesting conversations uh, that nearly got there. One, one of which was, um, it was kind of amusing on one level, but um, <laughs> Scott said, just go to the people who look like the, the, there's no way they'll ever come to faith. So I deliberately chose young men who are looking, you know, like tough guys or whatever. And I was with this guy and I'm really engaging with him and he'd just come out of prison and he'd lost a bunch of friends who died through being stabbed. And, and we went, you know, into a deep conversation pretty fast. And I was going through here and he was coming with me and, and we probably talked for about six minutes. And then he said, I've, I've just remembered I've... Uh, got to do something and then he walked away <laughs> he just walked away right in the middle of it he couldn't actually be creative enough to think what the something was he just needed to get away from the conversation with me so it doesn't always go easily um, but perhaps you could do another little role play and show us how you would handle when someone's just a little bit resistant to the process Excuse me. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> See, I'm off. <laughs> Excuse me, could I ask you a quick yes, question? Mate. I've got one minute. One I minute. have actually run after people before, I have to say. Uh, and then they came to the Lord. Yeah, could I ask you a quick question? I've got one minute. Yeah. Do you ever see that picture before? No. And do you ever pray? Never prayed. No. Do you know, no. like in an emergency, if someone in the family was dying or a crisis, would you pray for them in that situation? Probably not. Do you believe God is there? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. But as you can see here, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. The hand is on the inside, so only you can let him in, okay? Okay. Now, lots of people in life pray. Uh, praying is like talking through I've the door. I've sort of got a... Oh, yeah, I won't be long. It's like, cool. it's like talking through the door. You know he's there somewhere, but you don't know him personally, okay? Right, okay. Now, if you visualize, if you put it like a rucksack on your back. Right. And if we filled it with all of your sins, would it okay. be a heavy bag? Your sins, yeah. like... The, like the things you've done wrong in your life. Right, you know, every okay. time you cross your conscience. <clears throat> Are you perfect? Close There'll be one or two. One, okay, one or two things in there. Okay. Yeah. A couple of things you've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's just a bit of dust on your halo. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so, if that, that bag is your debt with God, it's called right, sin. It okay. stops you having a relationship with them, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want your religion, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, answer me this question, and, and I don't want your money. It's just an example. Who do you bank with? Nationwide. If you owe them ten thousand pound, mm -hmm. I give you a check for ten grand. You go and cash it. What's going to happen to your debt? It, it will be gone. Be yeah. gone, yeah. And that's what Jesus did for you on the cross. He wrote you a check in His blood to cancel your debt. So if He was here right now, with that check saying, "Ben, give me your heart," I just that was a word of knowledge. Your name was Ben. Uh, if He says, "Give me your, give me your heart," would you open that door and let Him in? Probably not today. Probably not, Probably today. not today. So what I would encourage you to do. Uh, I mean, I would like to pray for you to feel his presence, but what I'd encourage you to do is to come a bit closer to the door, get to know him a little bit more, um, come along to one of our, you know, Alpha Course or uh, one of our groups that we have, take some steps to get to know him, yeah? Mm -hmm. Would that be okay? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'd love I'll to give you, that, yeah. I'll give you a church card and then you can, you know, look it up on the internet, see what you think about it and you'd be very welcome to come along. Cool. But thanks for your time. Eh? Thanks a lot. Have a good day.
I found it really helpful, this you share and I'll shake, because it's not everybody's day. And the purpose of this tool is, is not to get through those nine questions and get someone to pray a prayer, you know, twisting their arm behind their back. It's not that at all. It's simply a route, a roadmap, if you like. Just, um, you know what your destination ideally is, if this all works out well. But it may not, and the person may not be ready. And um, so you don't need to, you know, press it through. Um, I was going to mention it later, but one of the concerns I have about methods is that if someone comes and teaches, this is the sales pitch, this is how you do this method, so now go out and do this thing to people, it feels like, is it really, you know, is this pre too prescriptive? And um, I found this not to be the case. This is more like, this is a helpful route. It gives you something to come back to, you know more or less where you're heading. But every individual the Lord has you meet is an individual with their own personal circumstance and their own personal place. And what you're not trying to do is wrench this apple that will not let go off this branch. You're just facilitating a conversation. Uh, I found this helpful. Some of you might think it that way, like I do or have. Um, yesterday I rode to Peterborough and I have a tank bag on the motorcycle tank and a little sat-nav phone program in it. And it tells me what the route is. So I set off. And uh, during that journey, I decided, actually, I'm going to take a detour because I spotted a nice windy road that went on forever. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go down there and let the route find or whatever the sat-nav program reroute me later on. So I just did. I didn't know really where I was going, but, you know, had a fantastic time. And then I came back onto the route and sure enough, ended up in my destination. And I find that just a really helpful sort of analogy for what we're doing here. We're not trying to get people through a method. We're actually... We have a route map. I'm just going to say that's great. Can I pinch that? I really like you that analogy. No. For free, you can have it. Absolutely. <laughs> ben, you told me a story about an experience you had when you were actually offering to pray for healing. Just tell us about that one. Yeah. Um, sometimes, I guess, things don't go quite to plan when you're out doing this kind of stuff. But I, I, I think Jesus loves it when you have a go. Um, I was out um, with a Healing on the Streets team, and I just learned how to do the prayer for healing thing on the streets, and a young couple came up to the team, and um, I, I thought, this is a great moment, this is my moment to, to put this into practice, and the, I asked the guy, what, what do you want prayer for, and he said it was for his knees, so I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is great, perfect opportunity, so got down and started praying, praying for his knees, I sort of put my hands on, and uh, went really all in, and... Um, prayed for what I felt was a good amount of time, and I thought he's pretty much got, got to have been healed by now. I was feeling, I was feeling confident, <laughs> and I got up, and I, I looked at him, and he was looking confused, and I said, how, how do you feel? And he said, well, my knees feel fine, but I wanted prayer for my niece. <laughs> so, you can't come back from there, really. <laughs> no, so it doesn't always go to plan, and, but uh, it's great to have a go. So, you've been out many times starting these conversations. When you first went, were you as scared as I was yesterday, uh, Friday? I, well, I, I think I'm generally quite a quiet person, so I, I feel quite nervous talking to people. I'm, I'm more on the introvert side of the scale, introvert, extrovert, and um, so I'm not, I suppose, the sort of typical evangelist type, if there, if there, if there is such a thing. Um, but uh, alongside my nerves, I think I do have a, a conviction that um, God is really keen for people to hear, hear about Jesus. And uh, there's a Bible verse that stuck me, with me for years that says, um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God um, that brings salvation to anyone who believes. 
So mixed in with my nerves, I have that conviction. And um, it's actually often been in times where I felt the most weak that I've, I've seen that God is really there in those moments and the Holy Spirit is still doing things, um, which is really cool. And I was out um, with Johnny Gerard on the discipleship year. Um, yeah, well, Johnny's here tonight probably. Yes, he is here. And uh, we were um, out trying out the miracle questions and um, this, this guy came up to us and uh, the conversation started well. He was a, like a young business type guy and it was like the perfect opportunity to share the gospel um, through the miracle questions. So I thought, I'll have a go, and I started off, but my words were coming out jumbled, and it was really difficult. The guy looked really confused. I, I looked at Johnny, and I thought, Johnny looks like he's losing his faith. And um, <laughs> I just thought, this has gone really, really badly. And um, I don't know if you've ever had that. You're just trying to explain something about Jesus, and then it all goes wrong. But I just thought the best thing to do in that situation was come clean. So I said to the guy, look, I've, I've made a bit of a bad job of that. Would you mind if I have another go? And he was like, mate, everyone messes their sales pitch up sometimes. Go for it, have another go. So I thought, okay, round two, I've got to get it right this time. So I had another go, and this time I, I shared the gospel well, well enough for him to understand. And we had a great conversation about um, uh, what, what it all meant, and, and then he took off. About 15 minutes later, um, he came back and he had this big tray of donuts. And um, he basically had been so impacted by the conversation that he'd gone and bought donuts for me and Johnny. And he bought, bought them back to us and said, you know, here's, here's a donut because I've been so affected by that conversation. And then as we took off, he was, he was giving them out to, to random people in Market Square. So it was amazing. Fantastic. So some people are more nervous than others, okay, on their first time. Out. And uh, I guess it gets easier. In fact, it got easier for me during the couple of hours that we were there. Uh, I started off with like Scott holding my hand, so he, you know, he he was doing it and I was listening. But quite quickly, I found myself alone. And um, you know, it was I'm really happy to have done it actually, because sometimes you just press through a bit of a fear barrier, and you find the other side actually it's not quite so bad. In fact, you can almost enjoy it. Um, there probably I don't know whether there's ever been a time that you've been afraid. Or are you just a complete, right only confident, natural when you're communicating the gospel? Tell us about that story. Yeah, lots of times, uh, you know, I fought out of my depth. I mean, to be honest, if, if I find myself in a situation I'm comfortable, uh, then I start looking for a situation that makes me feel uncomfortable um, because I think it's easy to get caught up in your comfort zone. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the main situation I can think of, I was, we have a row of bars in our community. Uh, that are, are quite notorious. These bars inhabit, uh, you know, local paramilitaries, uh, you know, drug dealers, bank robbers. Like everybody would would drink in, in one or two bars. So it's not the kind of place you want to go for a romantic night with your partner. Um, but for me, the Holy Spirit showed me a picture. I was actually painting my room. Uh, I always tell this story. I remember it because I've only ever painted once. Uh, and I, the, the wife was nagging me. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I, I painted my living room. And it was while I was painting, I had a vision of me stood outside this bar sharing the gospel. And I began to tremble, physically tremble. Because, you know, I knew the kind of people that, that frequented these bars. So I didn't want to go. And I, I, I stalled it for months and months. And the Holy Spirit kept nudging me and nudging me. Uh, and then eventually uh, I met Robbie Dawkins and I couldn't avoid it any longer. So he came over to me and he, uh, he prayed over me and stuff. And I went that afternoon. And I stood outside with a speaker playing some Christian music. 
Catherine Scott outside these bars. That was what I had on the phone at the time. So I put Catherine on, stood outside the bar, and waited to be killed. Uh, and, uh, and that was it, but, but it was okay, it wasn't too bad. They came out for a smoke and I prayed for them. And then this went on for a little while and I just like was jumping, down, skipping down the street so happy that all my limbs were still intact. Uh, and then I decided to go back the next week, you know. So I went back the next week and the bar owner, who's like six foot four guy, very well known in the community, um, he was actually in the, uh, uh, what's called the UDA, the Ulster Defence Association, but he left to marry a Catholic, which is the ultimate uh, sort of snob. So he came to me and he put his head against mine and he starts screaming at me, I'm gonna kill you, what are you doing outside my bar? Turn that effing music off. And he's like going nuts at me with his head against mine like that, you know? So I, so I just said, Jesus sent me here. I couldn't really think of much at the time. Um, <laughs> So I just said, Jesus sent me here like that. And, and then he, but when I said Jesus, he pulled his head away. Uh, you know, there's so much power in that name. And anyway, so he paced up and down. And his friend tried to calm him down. And, and then he walked to the bar next door. And I carried, tried to carry on doing what I was doing. Five minutes later, he sticks his head out the bar next door. He says, you in here now. Like that. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, so... I thought, I better go, I better go. Uh, and you know, I'll go out in the blaze of glory. This will be my, on my tombstone, you know. So I, I went anyway, walked into the bar. I thought I was gonna get jumped, but it was just, he was sitting there at the bar and he said, I wanna buy you a drink. And I was like, oh, okay, what's the catch, you know? So I, I just had a, a drink with him and then he was staring at me and he said, are you happy? And I was like, you mean right now? Or, or just in general. Uh, I said, yeah, I'm happy, yeah. He said, well, I'm not. And me and this guy, long story short, me and this guy became friends. Him and his wife came to our church. Um, we've been out walking our dogs together. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to buy some, some coal for a guy who had no money, and I went to buy it off him, and he wouldn't take any money, and he went and delivered it to the guy's house, and just incredible stuff. But one of the most amazing things was that they, they had a white-collar boxing match one night in a local hotel, and he, he invited me. And I went and there was the who's who of thugs, gangsters, paramilitaries. He went round introducing me personally to all these people saying, Scott, tell them your story uh, about what, what happened with you in God and stuff like that. So it was just incredible. And then I'm, I'm now, I'll tell you this, this is kind of an interesting thing, but I'm actually being filmed for, uh, in two weeks time for The Finger of God 2, one of the Darren Wilson movies. And they're coming to my Northern Ireland where they're gonna film me and Brian Head Walsh from Corn just uh, doing our thing around the town. So I went to Darren and said, can I come into your bar and we'll do like a, you know, like a, a basically a God night in your bar. And I've done a few before. So he said, yeah. So I was chatting with him about it, planning it. And he said, yeah, what you want is you want like the unsaved ones here. You don't want the saved ones here uh, and this sort of stuff. So that's kind of like the way it is. So yeah, I'm going into that bar. I've done a few events where I bring my worship team into the bar. And God has just opened up incredible things. We've seen people get saved in that bar. Um, you know, I'm friends with a lot of the people who drink in there. Uh, you know, I walk in the bar, you know, murderers give me hugs and stuff. It's kind of like that. You know, it's incredible to see, yeah. But it began through a, a place of fear. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, Scott has put together a few of the stories of people that he's led to faith. And in fact, you, you follow it up. You've got a, a group at your home and they come around and all that. Let's just show you the video. My biggest fear is coming face to face with Jesus and feeling like I haven't honored him the way that I want to. 
drinking out in the streets and that there. And then going to nightclubs, uh, in and out of fights, in and out of jail, and that was just what my life consisted of. And I was into the depths of football hooligan with Preston North End, uh, leading 500 men upwards. Uh, I was into the EDL, national film. I was a broken woman. Um, I had a daughter who was born on the 15th of January 94. She was murdered by my stepson. Like I was in a proper dark place and stuff, you know, I was mixed up with drugs. Mixed up with alcohol. Just always looking for something to something to keep me going, something and if I didn't find it man, it was in parties. If it wasn't in parties, it was in drink, so not very good, quite numb and empty. Very difficult childhood. I was in a real dark, dark place. Bad anxiety, depression. I've always hated the uh, Muslims. My life was going nowhere. It went from good to downhill so much and so many like no time at all. Um, it was that bad, I just, I was ready to commit suicide. Mark was in a very dark place and, um, to be quite honest, he pushed me about a bit. Before I found Jesus would be lonely and difficult, really. I get sucked into a lot of things, drug dealing at the age of 14, um, self-harming. My darkest time was probably when my eldest son was taken into care. Taking him, he was put into his father's care. The moment my life really changed was I met uh, one of my best friends now, a guy Scott. I went to the group that night. I felt the tingling sensation all over. 20 minutes into it, uh, fought it away, came back uh, even stronger. Then I just said to Scott, I don't know what's happening towards me, but the sensation is superb. Then, like when I met Scott for the first time, that like, I didn't think he was a Christian. He didn't look like a Christian, and I was actually a bit wary of him, you know. And I see these guys here, I talk to young fellas, uh, who I would know, you know, I know from beating by the time, maybe from criminal history. He got chatting with me, and he started praying for me. And that day, I says a prayer too, to invite Jesus into my life, and uh, that was the starting point of my life turning around. No, I was rock bottom at the time and stuff, you know, and he prayed for me contacted the church and went to a men's group and then they sent me down to meet Scott. Oh, it's been great. I went one day to uh, a mutual friend of mine, uh, Scott. One day I was walking up the town in Korean, so I was uh, pumped in there by Scott. And um, then Scott approached me. My name's Dr Simon Hall. I am a GP in the local area in Korean. I've known Alex and, and Sarah for a long time, um, and more recently Ryan as well. And just seeing um, the transformation in their lives has been an absolute inspiration. You see young fellas who I remember have written off a couple of years ago, and now they've turned their lives around. And the members of the church, they've got purpose in their life, they've got a, a twinkle in their eye. And then one night, I did decide to go to group and just haven't looked back since. Me and Sarah both, we, we both stood up. Um, at the same time, like, I never knew she was going to stand up. Uh, she never knew I was going to stand up. It wasn't planned. It was like, just, it just happened. Um, like, we just both lifted up. And we both accepted Jesus that night. Like, Jesus helped me get off drugs and stuff and 
uh, it changed me inside, you know, it changed my heart, the way I think, you know, it helps me stay positive and stuff. The shame that I was carrying, like he removed it, and uh, like it gave me life. I had a purpose in life now before, I was, the things I was looking, I was looking for something to fill this gap, and Jesus filled that gap. Um, I'm starting university in September to study criminology and criminal justice. Um, just like it's just amazing. Like my mum as well. She's now led to Jesus through me, and um, just everyone's just working out so amazing. And it's all down to Jesus. I'm having a better life since then. Spend time with people from church and from group and reading the Bible and spending time with God, and I think that's where we really established our relationship with Jesus and because we had no one else around we had to lean on him and lean on the people that he had put into our life. If I could say anything to people that was in my position, um, it would just be to, you know, take that chance, you know, you've got nothing to lose and make Jesus the number one in your life. I'm much calmer, uh, I respect other cultures of what they are now. Uh, my relationship with my wife is much better. I said, Dave, if you open your heart and let Jesus in, it's going to be the best thing you ever did. Because I couldn't live without him anymore. However, like, I've worries or fears. I take him to God in prayer and stuff. And, like, he's my crutch to get through life. Like, because I know his love for me is, like, unconditional. Just say I need to, and he'll come. That's all you have to do. And I'm extremely thankful to the likes of Scott and me, the like that. Introducing these young men to God, giving them a purpose. I want to finish the race. I want to fight the good fight to know that I'll give everything. What did you say? Do you know, uh, a, a funny story, the, the guys who filmed that video, um, one of the ladies who's part of it, she wasn't a believer at all. And, and the night that we sort of had our, our group that they filmed, she, she wouldn't come in because she didn't, you know, wondered what might happen to her and stuff. So she sat on the stairs in our house and the steps outside, and she said she felt this like gust of wind coming past her and all this adrenaline inside her body. And, um, and I was able to lead her to Jesus, the lady who, who made the film. Yeah, it's incredible. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, Ben, if there's anybody here feeling inspired or challenged or thinking, you know, I could probably explore, maybe, how could I get hold of, could I see this training or could I come out on the streets with you or whatever? Just uh, tell us what would be the next steps. Yes, I, I would just encourage people just to sort of press into that if they have, a, if they have a, 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 even a glimmer or a little flicker of passion to get involved. I just encourage you to pray about that, press into that, um, maybe come for prayer tonight. Um, or we've got loads of stuff that you could sign up for at the Connect area at the back whether that be you want to have a try at healing on the streets or um, try the miracle questions, or now we're going to be sort of running with this tool as well, Jesus at the door. So we'll just love to resource people to, to have a go at that. And it might be as a small group, you, you think you want to get together and, and sort of have a go and, and maybe receive some training. So if people want to sign up for that, there's going to be a sign-up sheet at the back, and I'll be over there tonight as well, so people can come over. Wonderful. So just as we finish, Scott, uh, any last thoughts from you? Yeah, I would just say, you know, a lot of the time, uh, you know, in churches, people feel unqualified. Um, they don't, you don't, some people don't feel qualified to do this sort of thing. Um, and, you know, all I would say is that you are qualified uh, because when Jesus gave the Great Commission, it wasn't to disciples 
uh, sorry, evangelists, it was to disciples. Um, so it, this is not something for evangelists. This is something for disciples. You know, we're all called to do it. And these tools are to enable the body of Christ to, to learn how to do it. And, um, you know, you don't have to feel uh, nervous and inadequate in any way because, you know, God has called you. I just, the, the reference that, that comes to me is, is the woman at the well. You know, when we think about the woman at the well in John chapter 4, she was a shame-scarred lady uh, hiding in the shadows, masking her face. And, and one encounter with the Messiah, she became an emboldened evangelist sharing the gospel in the marketplace. That lady was changed in one instant. She never went to Bible school. She never uh, went to any discipleship schools, never read the scriptures. She had one encounter with the Messiah. And do you know what she did? She left her treasure and she went to tell the people about the man that she just met. She became the evangelist in that community that had never been reached. You don't have to, you, you have everything you need within you already. Uh, all I'd encourage you to do is access uh, what I like to call your BO. Uh, it's all down to your BO. Every Christian has BO, uh, but you've got to apply it, some more than others, as he sniffs his armpits, some more than others, but BO is this, boldness and obedience. So if you imagine your left leg is boldness, your right leg is obedience, all you have to do is walk in boldness, obedience, boldness, obedience, and you will be face to face with a human being who doesn't know Jesus. It's quite miraculous. And you end up face to face with them, and then all you have to do is start sharing. One of these tools, start sharing, and the Holy Spirit will shake, and he'll do the hard work for you. All he requires from you is that bit of boldness, just like the woman at the well, she had enough of that, um, and encourage you to do that. And if there's anything that you know, I or any of us can do, we'd love to help. Wonderful. Will you please put your hands together for Scott and Ben.